come. Walk down the winding path. Don't mind the spooks and monsters. They stay hidden within the trees. There are mysteries in this world that you need to know, and paranormal truths that need to be told. Come, step up into the caravan, where we share tales of old, as well as new accounts about things you thought only existed in your nightmares. past with the caravan mm-hmm. usually we have done or the caravan has done they call it loretober so each week was something specific like no oh, this week's vampires this week's witches whatever you know Ooh. and i thought you know because i i usually want to try to have it be different than mm-hmm. a regular you know, whatever and so i was like oh well and i thought about this it was funny i thought about it before you mentioned Travis and yeah. the first week was like, it's the return, you know, like, Oh, yeah. the caravans return and blah, blah, blah. Well, then I thought, I don't know, just the, the name descent into darkness came up Ooh, and I was like, oh. I like it, but what could that be? And then you said something about Travis and then Travis was talking about different things that he's, you know, the ghost hunting and the hellhounds and all this kind of stuff. And I asked, I was like, well, wait, are all your ghost hunts in the complete dark? You know? And he said, yeah, yeah. 99.9% of the time. <laughs> and I was like, all right, that's it. You're on. <laughs> Call right now. So here he is. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is exciting. You're not nervous or anything, are you, Travis? No? No, I'm good. Okay, good. <laughs> as long as I don't sound like a complete idiot, I'll be okay. No, that's not possible. Huh. I'm good at editing too, so there you go. There's the vote of confidence. That's what I like. I'm good at editing. There you go. There you go. Oh, yeah, I feel I feel better already. All right. Well, we are into our October episode in the best month of the entire year, October. And we have a super <laughs> special, awesome guest with us tonight, Travis Webb, whom is, uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, he <laughs> is from my hometown, which makes him even cooler. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love it. Paranormal investigator who has allowed me to tag along a few times and has started to teach me the ropes. So thanks for that, Travis. Oh, you're welcome. Don't don't listen to me too much. I'm not that good at it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you've been doing this for a while, right? Oh yeah. I think on a professional level as far as the equipment and actually going out and setting out the you know, with a goal in mind, I'd say a little over ten years. Yeah. <clears throat> total since I was a kid. That's awesome. Where was your first place that you went? Like with with actual equipment. First place. With a, with actual equipment, the first famous place would have been Hillview Manor in Newcastle, Pennsylvania. Mm, all right. That's not too far away. A couple hours. No, no. No, and it's about an hour and 45 minutes from Minerva. Nice. Now, of the places that you've been to, which mm-hmm. place would you say has been the most intriguing? Well, that's a hard question to answer, mainly because the one I would pick, I've investigated a little over six times. 
So it's kind of one of those, like, you know, I'm impartial to it. But I would right. say the most haunted place I've been would be Madison Seminary, which right. is in Madison, Ohio, near Mentor. Awesome. Now, whenever I'm able to get Lady Anne out here, are you going to let her come with us? <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, can't, I can't handle you both at the same time. Nope, can't do that. You guys are asking too much of me here. I don't get paid for this stuff, you know. <laughs> Of course that's she can right, come. That's all right. <laughs> no, of course she can come. Jinx. Oh. Ah. <laughs> like we're okay, related. Give me an extra coffee when I'm up there. <laughs> yes. So my question would be, you know, where is the most impressionable place you've been? Something that not necessarily the most haunted, not necessarily your favorite, but something that left you with such an impression that it stayed with you today. It's actually a place that is uh, no longer around, torn down. The owners of the building were friends of my family. They had caught wind that I, I do this, and they were going to originally sell the property. And I think three or four owners previous to this situation had left in a very big hurry and left all their belongings. The name of the house was called the Dow House in the center of mine and Heather's hometown. It's right by the police station in Carrollton. It was, I don't use the word demon lightly. I think running into a demon is like getting struck by lightning, in my opinion. But it was definitely the darkest. It, it's still something I think about. Anytime something really dark happens during a hunt or during an investigation, it brings up repressed memories of the Dowhouse. Wow. How many times were you there? Oh. Four times total. Twice just myself and my partner, Eric, and then the other two times was our entire team. So when it comes to something like that, that has a really dark entity, would you say that yeah. it's better to have more people there or less? I mean, certainly you wouldn't want to go in alone, right? Well, of course. You guys know me very well. You know that I'm aggressive and don't mind, you know, as long as the camera's rolling or sometimes equipment's rolling, you can throw me against the wall as long as it's documented. Mm -hmm. But if I had to answer that question legitimately, I would say more people, yes. Something I'm always aware of is, you know, depending on people's beliefs or whatever, I've noticed that the more hyper-religious somebody is, you know, say somebody's really Catholic and they're very devoted to their faith, mm -hmm. I've noticed that that actually draws those sentences out. I've noticed mm -hmm. that it makes it more drastic. Whereas if you have a bunch of people that aren't, not necessarily atheists, but they're not like a super faithful type of person, it's mm -hmm. not quite as drastic. So it just, it ultimately depends on the situation, I guess. That makes sense. Wow. Yeah, that's really interesting. You said this was by the police station? Yeah, it's not anymore, but it was. Yeah, yes. interesting. When did it get torn mm -hmm. down? Two years ago. Oh, man, I just missed it. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> well, there's, there's a, I, I wasn't going to bring this up, but I'll bring it up on your guys' show. There is another place right in the center of Carrollton there that's a secret. Um, what? If you remember, Heather, chief of police is my uncle. Mm. Um, so there is a place there that they want us to investigate, and you'll be tickled pink as we're at that. You remember the Five and Dime? Ben Franklin? Yes, yes. It, <laughs> it's right next. It's right next door to that. Ooh, down the square, mm -hmm. <laughs> by the square. Nice. Mm -hmm. Well, that's cool. Yeah, the only reason it so... hasn't happened yet, of course, is because of COVID. But yes, sure, it's on the book. Cool. I have a question. Mm-hmm. You said your uncle is the chief of police? Mm-hmm. And you work in dispatch? Yes, dispatch do slash you... armed security. Okay. Do you find that there are 
any or many strange calls that don't make sense where people might have encountered something that could be unexplained? Yes. Is there a majority? Um, I wouldn't say a majority. Um, I would say just like, you know, we're all into this crazy world of the paranormal. If you believe into the, into the stuff that we all believe into and you are a believer of it, you know that if there's a full moon, if it's a Friday the 13th, if it's mm-hmm. a new moon, if it's, a you know, all these different situations, I've noticed on those nights people are definitely different. Mm-hmm. You get more calls. God. Usually they're more drastic. I would say the weirdest calls, believe it or not, is usually during Christmas time. Oh, wow. What I think it's attributed to, not to cut you off, it's important to say. What I think it's attributed mm-hmm. to, and I, and I think, and you and I both have talked about this before, it's right at that cusp of time where people that live in the northern regions where it snows and it gets cold and everything, there's this, like, natural depression that occurs. Right. I would think, I mean, if I was a betting man, I would I would think that that's what it's attributed to. I think people get bored. I think people pay more attention because they're bored to things going on around them, and that's why I think there's such an influx. It's usually right before Christmas into January is of the weird calls, you know, oh, somebody broke into my house, and we find no evidence whatsoever that anybody broke into the house. Right. That's interesting, too, because it makes you think that with you mentioning how there is a collective depression, and if, mm-hmm. if looking at everything being made up of energy, if that collective mm-hmm. depressive energy then is mm-hmm. being a magnet or creating well, another good point to have there to go along with what you're saying is this whole COVID thing that's going on right now that we're all dealing with, that has also increased the weird calls. Right. Right. And I right. think I think that's attributed to the fact that more people are staying home more often. Mm-hmm. But it's definitely, yeah, there is definitely an influx. That was that that you can remember or share that was very odd. I have one that's worth sharing, let's put it that way. It doesn't take me an hour and a half to explain the backstory to. We got a call one night uh, here on the campus that I'm based at. We have a little area that's basically a bunch of dormitories. Mm-hmm. And because this is a medical university, you know, we have a morgue here. You know, people study everything medicine from cancer to disease, that kind of stuff. We have a very big melting pot of cultures. You know, we have Asian people and, you know, Middle Eastern people, Indian people, you know, all different cultures. And with different cultures, you have different religions. What I have come to notice is same thing right around Christmas time. We get a lot more calls about strange people walking in the hallways or, you know, I, I was sleeping in my apartment and I heard my apartment door slam, that kind of thing. Well, one night we got a call from a woman, girl, I should say. She was a younger girl. She, I think she was 19. She called us and was very scared because she said she saw two men break into her apartment. She was outside at the time. So myself and uh, two police officers went down. And like I said, I'm just armed security, so I'm just the backup. I'm there just in case. The police are the ones that are doing most of the heavy lifting. Now, granted, most of the officers I work with know that I ghost hunt. So when things do go bump, they usually call me first because most of them don't want to mess with it. (laughs) We went down there, and we found signs of, of entry. We found signs of things moved in her apartment, whatever. We have camera systems, and we don't have cameras in people's apartments, but we do have cameras, like, right on the outsides of their doors and the hallways, things like that, because this is a secure facility. I mean, you need an IT to get through doors, all that stuff. When we reviewed the tapes, we saw the the guys go in, and the part that I left out is this was on the fourth floor. We saw the guys go in. They never came out. 
Mm. Very interesting. Mm. Yes, it was very interesting. To this to this day, we talk about that. Usually, right around Christmas time, all of us talk about it and reminisce about it, and still don't have an answer for it. Wow. You know, I was thinking as far as times of the year, and you were mentioning full moons and stuff, that this mm-hmm. Halloween is supposed to be a full moon, actually like a blue moon. So the second full moon of the month this year on Halloween, and it's a Saturday, which mm-hmm. I feel like is kind of asking for trouble when it comes to this sort of thing. Yep. I do have a curiosity, and I don't know if you, I mean, if you don't want to answer, that's fine, given your line of work and everything, but... You would you believe that you have any abilities to sense or know empathically what something might be? Like could As you apply deep. that to the men that never came back out? Like could you get a sense of what possibly the egotistical answer would be yes. <laughs> just because I've been doing this so long. I don't want right. to say yes to sound <laughs> egotistical, but in, in fairness and in truth and everybody that's ever met me or hunted with me, they know. Yes, I'm, I'm pretty, basically what I'm trying to say here is, is it, given my line of work and my upbringing, I grew up in a police and military family. I was taught at a very young age how to read people, how to understand what people are saying just by their body language, you know, identify threats, just how somebody's walking, things like that. So I think that carried over and having so many paranormal experiences as a kid, especially growing up in old haunted farmhouses and things like that. I think it kind of carried over, and I seem to be decent. Definitely not the best, but I seem to be very decent at picking that up. I mean, I'm known to point something out to the room, and then equipment goes off, if that says anything. Wow, right. That's accurate. Very accurate. <laughs> I've seen that. I've seen that at work. Yeah, it's it's a fun time. <laughs> Now, you mentioned that when it comes to actually being out and exploring, that you're up for anything as long as the equipment's on and you see it as evidence gathering? Yes, for the most part. So can you elaborate on that? Like, what are you willing to do to, you're provoking, right? Um, well, see, that's, that's another rabbit hole of mine. I'm not <laughs> a fan of, of actually saying provoke, because provoke means, you're going in and you're starting the problem. Mm-hmm. What what I like to do is if I see somebody in the group of people I'm with acting funny or I notice or feel things are just like a little aggressive or whatever, mm-hmm. I usually wait for something to happen and then I answer. Right. I'm not a fan of going into a place, especially I've never been there before, sure. and just, you know, hey, I'm here, come get me. That's not usually how I do things. Right. Now, there's a phrase I've heard you say that I think is Uh worth repeating about a person's characteristic in life and in death. Oh, well, we have to give credit here where credit's due. I actually got that term from uh, a Mr. Adam Kimmel, who's the owner of Madison Seminary and Fairfield County Infirmary. Mm -hmm. It's something he's known for saying. The saying goes, if you're an asshole in life, you're an asshole in death. Right, Mm -hmm. which makes sense. And I don't think a lot of people would think that I guess you think of spirits as a, an entirely separate well, category well the popular well, opinion had... is you know I'm sorry go ahead no please all I was going to say is is I think the popular opinion I think what gets views and likes and, and uploads and shares and everything is the word demon. Mm-hmm. I think right. as as far as this field is concerned outside of your cryptids and your other types of study as far as the ghost side of the paranormal is concerned 
I believe that there is a sensationalism that's used because most people just want to be famous. Most people want to be known. Most people want people to believe what they believe, and they go to great lengths to prove it. And sometimes they get lost along the way. I, I've been guilty of it in the past, where something is just so aggressive that you just can't help but think, you know, oh, this is a demon. Mm-hmm. Right. So what I was going to say was that, you know, Heather, you and I have discussed that as well when you were writing an article for, I believe it was the uh, Weird Writer blog over on, on the ITF, mm-hmm. where people will sensationalize the, oh, it's a headless ghost, completely forgetting right. that this was a, a person and still is a person after mm-hmm. death. Yeah, exactly. Um, the, uh, they just attribute some oddity that has happened to some sort of tragedy that recently occurred. So in the case right. of that headless Mr. Barlow that I wrote about, the man died of suicide. And if you go back in the articles, you can see that he suffered for a while. Um, it wasn't his first attempt at suicide. And he died by, uh, right. well, sort of hanging. Anyway, he made him, he choked to death right. by a noose. But he didn't lose his head, you know? It's not like, like, I can see maybe attributing a headless ghost to somebody who was actually decapitated. But there was this headless figure that was walking around. I mean, I can see it figuratively, I suppose. There was a headless figure walking around within, I think, two weeks. And uh, they oh, attributed wow. it to that man. And then the family actually got upset and they wrote into the paper to complain. Because, oh, you know, wow. they're still in the right. midst of grief. And this is being right. published in the paper. But, yeah. Well, and maybe his death activated a different haunting or cold one, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. to the so. Sure. Um, I'm curious, Travis, mm-hmm. is there anywhere that you would refuse to go and investigate? Hmm. Any type of location, um, be it an abandoned orphanage, an insane asylum? A, no, if know. I'm honest, no. I kind of, okay. I'm not, it, it, it takes a lot for me not to want to go do this, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yes, it does. Yeah. I, all I was going to say is I will add that certain locations I will not take my entire team. Why is that? Because I've lucked out, and my team uh, consists of a lot of different styles. Myself and my buddy Eric are identical, Mm -hmm. whereas some of the other people in our group are not fans of the dark stuff. Right. Other people in our group aren't fans of certain types of buildings. Mm. So that's why it just depends on where we're going. Right. Okay, that makes sense. I do have one question that popped up whenever we were talking about these like a location that you may not go to. So obviously mm-hmm. buildings, cemeteries, graveyards, is there any like place that doesn't fit into either one of those categories that you've gone and investigated? Just like really random location that most people wouldn't even think about being a place that would be investigated. I've investigated a couple of barns. Oh. I've investigated property, cool. of course, you know, like little wooded areas, stuff like that. Specific areas on the Ohio River. Honestly, I think I think the weirdest one, which it's not weird when you think about it, but when you say it out loud, it's a little weird. The weirdest one I've ever investigated was a parking garage. Oh, I like don't an like parking, parking garages. Deck. Okay. Yeah, those scare me. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it, it seems it seems weird to me, but yes, fair enough. Ah, I'm interested. What you mean by on the Ohio River, like literally next to the river, just the, like the embankment? Yes. Yes. Hmm. Yeah, there was How one you... spot I investigated where. Uh, two kids drowned in the river. Um, there was another, there was another spot where um, a man 
near the West Virginia border, a man went missing and they found his body floating in the river. Right. Which is underneath. I can, I'm sorry, I don't have that right offhand, but there's a specific bridge. It's not the main bridge that takes you into West Virginia from the Ohio River. It's the bridge. There's a, there's a bridge that's a little smaller that when you're still in Ohio, you go over the bridge and it's still the Ohio River, but you're not in West Virginia yet. And it's right underneath that bridge. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Anna, what were you going to ask? Um, I was actually curious if you've encountered anything that you could call historical or ancient, like on an EVP or anything. I've had two separate occasions, two different locations, two different time periods. Um, one, we we definitely talked to something that didn't seem normal. The language, you know, we actually used like our, our smartphones to try and like Google Translate it because it's such a clear EVP. Mm. And one of them said that it was Latin, which obviously, you know, the rabbit hole with that. There was another <laughs> one we had where Google had no idea what language it was. Oh, wow. And then I have, because of where we live here, you know, we're not that close to Moundsville, but we're pretty close. Right. Um, we, myself and my team, have encountered quite a few pieces of land that once you do some research on them and stuff, they were basically, you know, they were stolen. And mm-hmm. before the natives left, obviously, you know, they did their they're typical and we have encountered weird things with that. Right. I mean, things that don't match any animal or person I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Whoa, whoa. Repeat that last line again. <laughs> the last line was, um, <laughs> we have encountered things that don't resemble or match any animal or persons I've ever seen. So, um, since you brought up animals, Mm -hmm. Uh, animal-wise, anything odd that wasn't, uh, wasn't of a human entity that you think that you've encountered? Um, Well, recently, um, matter of fact, beginning of this year, I think it was around February, there was a little secret spot that, if you remember me telling you on the phone, Heather, that you didn't even know existed, Mm -hmm. um, when, when we were kids, it was something that I had heard about through the police. Um, it was actually known for satanic rituals and things like that. When we were kids, my friends and I would go out to this little area called Devil's Church. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we used to sleep out there in the middle of the woods. I mean, this is like you're so far away from anybody else. I mean, it would take you hours to walk to find the nearest house. And it's just this little rundown old school, like, house on the prairie church. Single room, single floor, the whole nine. Um, while we were out there, all the gravestones are, all the deaths are between um, 1750 and 1780. Nobody lived past 30 years old. It, it's weird out there. Um, one night we were out there and we were just sitting in our cars. And uh, my buddy actually pointed it out. There was, it looked like a wolf. And I mean, we have wolves up here, but they're not super common. We're more likely to see like a coyote out here. Um, when we looked, we saw it. I mean, there was six of us. We all saw it. But, of course, my buddy and I were kind of the oldest of the group, the biggest of the group. So we got out of the car to kind of go see. Um, you know, we had bats with us. You know, we just thought we were big, tough guys back then. Um, the closer we got, the more we realized that this wolf was 
oh, I'm 6'4 now. I had to have been at least six foot at the time. Um, this wolf was taller than me on all fours. And the closer we got to it, the more its eyes changed color. When we first saw it, it looked like a normal wolf. The closer we got, it got a reddish maroon tint to its eyes. Ooh. And the closer we got to it, the thicker we felt. Mm. And we actually threw up. Um, one of my friends almost passed out. We actually had to grab him and drag him back into the car. And we got the heck out of there. So as far as animals are concerned, that would probably have been the scariest. But I was also the youngest back then. Right. Well, I'm glad that you got sick before you got to it. Um, <laughs> I, to be honest with you, in hindsight, I don't think we would have got much closer anyways. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm curious, mm -hmm. is there anything that you would never want to encounter and something that you would give anything to see? Something I would never want to encounter would be... Hmm... Honestly, I would say Hellhound, I, I, if, if that's the name we want to use for it, the, the wolf thing that I saw. I would never want to see something like that again, um, just because of the way it, it felt more than anything. Um, something I'm dying to see in person is a full-fledged, full-body, on-camera apparition, which, of course, is the holy grail of our field. Right. Not to be too political with the answer, but yeah, that's, that's what I would want. So do you consider yourself a believer or a knower? Ooh, I've never been asked that before. <laughs> Once again, <laughs> the egotistical answer, a knower. Just because I've seen too much. I mean, the amount of stuff that I've seen over the years, I can't, not to sound super intelligent, but I can't quantify it. I can't put it on paper or explain it. it it's just stuff that I just can't, you know, I'm still looking for answers, which is why I enjoy the field so much. That makes sense. Have you had someone, um, like when you started, were you kind of sort of going into this blind or did you have someone to kind of help you along? Did you have a mentor of some sort, um, someone who had more experience to kind of help you figure some things out? Um, technically started blind. Um, I actually started because of my childhood and all the craziness that happened during my childhood. It wasn't until wasn't until about six, seven years ago that I met much older people than myself that had been doing it a lot longer. And I kinda we hit it off and I kinda you know, myself and Eric hung out with them for a while and kinda learned their technique. Something that we enjoy, I mean at least my buddy Eric and I, and I think my entire team would agree. Something we enjoy is is even though we might not agree with your style or even at war, we might think, you know, you, you just don't do things the way we would or whatever. We still like kind of seeing other people's styles because you can adapt different techniques that way and try right. different things. You know, your way doesn't always work, you know? Yeah. Learn some new, new tricks or things that might work better, I suppose. Oh yeah. I mean, like, like I said earlier with Adam Kimmel, you know, he, um, his style of, of investigating is similar to my, myself and Eric. That's why we hit it off with him so easily. And the way he does EVP, his team is Resident Undead. He does what's called ripples in time. They'll dress up in period clothing and reenact a legend of the place. You know, like 
somebody was killed with an axe, for instance. Like they did the axe, the list, axe murder house, the Liska house. Yeah. And they actually reenacted the guy hiding in the closet and the whole nine. Oh no. Um, That's yeah, terrifying. He's, he's, it is, but they get they get some really good EVPs. Adam and his team have got some of the best EVPs I've ever heard. Oh my goodness. That's one of the first, I guess, super disturbing stories that I remember hearing on some show. I don't know if it was Unsolved Mysteries when we were little or what. Probably, that, but yeah. That um, the whole idea that somebody, they know somebody slipped into the house while they were mm-hmm. away at church, I think. And then yeah, waited. They believed, yeah, they believed that it was one of the land workers. Yeah. Yeah. And just waited until the whole family was asleep and then murdered them all. That yeah, I've don't, never don't the two neighbor girls well. were right. Yeah, the two neighbor girls were over. Four, so yeah, there was the four kids and two adults total. Right. And this is why I check yep, things before I, still... I go to bed. <laughs> yeah. That's what I was gonna say. <laughs> yeah, exactly. it's because of that story. Exactly. It is absolutely because mm-hmm. of yeah. that. Or checking mm. the back seat or underneath your car, that as well. Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah, especially those urban legends, you know, you know, people being in the back of your car and oh yeah. Growing up with all those for sure. What moment as a child really struck you that set you on this path of believing in the supernatural, paranormal, and wanting to investigate it? The exact age I was, I can't answer I can't remember the exact age I was, but I do know the exact moment. My dad's father had just passed away, and a few nights after that, I started having, and I wasn't very close to my dad's family growing up, so I mean, it wasn't like I was, like, grief-stricken or anything. I didn't quite understand what was going on at that age, but it was shortly after that I started having what I know now because, you know, I was tested as a kid. I had sleep plays on everything. I started having night terrors to the point of I would stop breathing. You know, I put holes in walls while I was sleeping, that kind of thing. The very violent outbursts during my sleep. They started becoming reoccurring where I was seeing the same, I guess we'll call them entities in my dreams. And it hit a peak when I was in first or second grade. So I would have been, what, close to 10 years old-ish? And I started seeing the things I was seeing in my dreams during the day. And I would see them... You know, in school, I would see them at home, out on the playground with my friends. I even had a couple of friends that had seen them, and I I didn't talk about it. Mm. You know, I grew up in a very religious family, so I never talked about it. And then fast forward till now, I still encounter a few of those things here and there. Wow. Specifically, I have one. (laughs) The nickname I gave him as a kid was Mr. Smiley. He's, I guess if I would have to guess, eight, eight and a half feet tall. You know, he's very large, tall, very long arms, his knuckles dragged behind him, very short legs, long torso, no nose, little beady yellow eyes. And then I don't know if either one of you guys, I know you guys are into horror movies. If you remember when we were kids, you remember the movie Critters? Yes, I do. That's what yep. his mouth looks like. Um, right. And he also right. has he also has a very high pitched voice. We've actually caught his voice on EVP. Whoa! Hold on. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. If if I'm ever around and that voice comes through on anything, I need to know like immediately. Yeah, I can tell you. 
I mean, I can look. I can look for you guys and see if I still have the EVP on file, and I can send you guys the EVP. Yeah. Yeah, do that. Wow. This, you know, I'm going to mm -hmm. have to side note here mm -hmm. and say that, uh, Heather, <laughs> you know, we, we've had some interesting um, bouts when it comes to recording the last episode that we did. I still haven't been able to open or edit oh. yet. And we've always been curious if we would catch anything in the recording back. We have actually had a couple of so far. Um, nice. episodes. And I have to say how interesting it would be if that voice came through on this episode somewhere. Do you imagine? <laughs> yeah, it, it oh wouldn't gosh. be very interesting. It, it would be very interesting, at least for me. <laughs> I, wouldn't be, I wouldn't be a fan <laughs> of that. I mean, I would be happy if you guys caught something, but I don't know if I'd be happy if that was the voice. <laughs> right. Oh. No, that would be intense. That's for sure. Oh, yeah. Very intense, for sure. I don't like that. That description. I'm, I'm not a fan. <laughs> Do you, would you would you like a little side note story? Yeah, of course. Sure, of course. Uh, okay. Wish I wish my buddy Eric was here so that he could he could jump on and kind of tell his side to this because it, it's interesting. My buddy Eric and I, you know, we've worked in you know law enforcement and balancing and stuff. You know, we're not afraid of other human beings. It's just not. That's just not how we're wired. We were actually hosting the Ghost Hunts at Madison Seminary for, for Adam. And uh, one of the nights, everybody left, and we were – one of our routines, which is the routine of most large haunted locations, you go through and make sure everybody left. You know, you don't want to lock the building up with somebody still inside, that kind of thing. We were walking through the building with the groundskeeper, who will remain nameless for this sake. So it was just us three guys. And this other person, the groundskeeper, was a proclaimed – sensitive and him and a couple other people have talked about being something to the description that i gave you guys after myself and eric had been there so we were walking around the building and we weren't talking about anything paranormal we were legitimately checking the building you know ghost hunt was over our minds weren't even on it we were tired it was like 4 30 in the morning and we heard this weird noise that i can only describe as a very high-pitched siren and it kind of echoed down the hall towards us. So we went to investigate it thinking, you know, maybe the fire system was going off or something was malfunctioning. You know, we're, we're trying to make sure nothing's wrong. We ended up finding nothing. Well, as we rounded the corner, there was this little old rocking chair. Uh, one of Adam's favorite things is to put furniture and things in rooms to make the building look like it did back when it was in operation. It, it, it has to do with his whole ripples and everything. That You know, he's a big fan of history, too. Well, we had picked up this old wicker rocking chair that is, I mean, it was made forever and a day ago. When we looked at this chair, all three of us guys, and let me side note this, Eric is not a feelings guy. He's a tangible guy. He's a rational guy. He has to see it to believe it. When we ran to the corner and looked, we saw this little old lady sitting in the rocking chair. And the part that <laughs> caused all three of us very large men to run out of the building was when she turned and looked at us, she had smiley face. No. And yes, mm -hmm. and then we ran outside and was trying to devise a plan on how we were going to clear the rest of the building because, I mean, we were genuinely scared. <clears throat> While we were standing outside, there's – in order to have a location and in order to have the public come in and investigate, 
a lot of different counties and townships have certain rules. You know, you have to have a fire system. You have to have so many bathrooms, you know, yada, yada, yada. Just like with haunted houses during Halloween, you know, the scare type, you have to have exit signs on every exit so that people can find the exits in the dark, right? Well, when we were sitting outside, the same hallway that that rocking chair is in, the exit sign was lighting up the hallway. We saw what I described to you guys walk towards the window that we were looking in. And a huge group of birds, this was 4.30 in the morning, I heard a huge group of birds in a tree that was like five feet from the window, freaked out and took off in the middle of the night when it happened. Wow. Yes. Wow. So other people, other people have seen what I told you guys about. Hmm. I, I don't like that. What What do you think <laughs> that is, though? I mean, without getting too personal, you know, behind my family lore and everything, mm-hmm. I think somewhere in my family tree, a deal was struck, and it's waiting on a certain offspring. Okay. The seventh mm-hmm. son of seventh son. Something like that, yes. I don't know the exact, <laughs> but based off the description when I researched it, based off the description and what I found in books and then and you know, old like Heather, you guys know when you guys do your research, just the type of books you find. Based on what I have read, he is it is something that is primarily attached to a family line. It's a purposeful job that these entities are given. Well, I am highly intrigued now. Uh, All right. Well, when we're done with this, I need more info on that. (laughs) (laughs) Just on what, like, what an entity like that, if it has a name, you know, or a title, I guess. um, The only, the only name I could come up with, the only name I could come up with was German. And when I tried to, because I have German heritage, um, German and Italian, actually, uh, the German side, which is where my last name comes from. It, it, basically, the best way to word it, and this is going to sound so cliche in comic book, but if you translate it to English, it's basically pronounced juggernaut, but oh. it's not juggernaut, obviously. It's like jugger, I, I, I'm sorry, I would butcher it. I don't speak German, but it, right. that's the name that I found. Whether that's right or not, I don't know, but that's the name I found. This just reminds me of uh, the 13 Ghosts. If yes. you've seen that movie. The, oh, the yes. Juggernaut was the last one that they grabbed before. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah. All right, well, I'm going to be looking that up. Yeah, <laughs> definitely something to research, that's for sure. Yeah, it's um, an interesting little, little, little buddy of mine, I guess. He doesn't you sound mentioned... little, Travis. No, he's not little. You're right. He's not little. I pretend he is so that he doesn't freak me out as easy. There you go. Yeah, that makes sense. You mentioned the morgue. Mm -hmm. Have you ever been down there or taken Mm -hmm. your equipment Mm -hmm. or? No, no, because this is my place. I I didn't take equipment because this is my place of employment. Mm -hmm. But obviously, you know, they do bring... Uh, donated bodies here for, you know, people in the community can donate their bodies so that the students can learn, you know, in real time type thing. So, you know, the officer's job here, you know, if there's an officer here, you know, and it's late at night when they have a body 
then one of us officers have to go on down and let them in and that kind of thing. So, yeah, we've been down there quite a lot. And to answer your question, it is the mm-hmm. least active spot anywhere on campus. I've often wondered about places like that, if, uh, you know, like what, why a spirit would want to hang around a place like that anyway, if there are options, you know, why a more? Well, I mean, well, I think one of the beliefs is still being attached to your body, not being, you know, either aware that you're dead or not wanting to accept that you're dead. Um, The reason why I think that ours isn't is because we don't receive them until two to three weeks after passing. That's why I think the activity isn't as high in that area. So I'm curious. With all the investigations that you've done mm-hmm. and and just the topic, what yeah. is your personal opinion on what happens to us after we die? Why are some behind? And where do they go if they're not behind? One of the theories that I have, which obviously I don't have any proof, but one of the theories that I have, and it goes down a religious rabbit hole, in the Catholic belief especially, you have, you know, heaven, hell, and then you have purgatory. Right. I believe, I believe in, it's, it's, it's two parts. I'm looking for answers for both because I'm trying to figure out what I think myself. First thing uh-huh. I would think is it's purgatory. That's the first mm-hmm. thing I would think. The second thing I think, which is more rational in my head, I think that this is basically our, this is our hell before we go somewhere better. This is our, our oh, time to prove ourselves before. Does that make sense? It does. It does. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, once again, I, I don't, I'm not a hyper-religious person, so I don't know a hundred percent, you know, the actual terminology or the actual, I mean, I know what heaven, hell, and purgatory actually are. I just don't know mm-hmm. if that would be a accurate statement to make. So here's a, here's a question as well, uh, building off of mm-hmm. that. We all, so many of us have these different beliefs. So some people yes. believe that you're going to go to purgatory. Some people believe you actually have to, I think in the Mormon, uh, and I could be wrong, but there's an extra layer where you have to like, it's almost like a class. It's an afterlife mm. class that you have to do, and then and then you are awarded to either to like go to the next level, or you have to stay there and repeat it. Okay. Some of us believe in reincarnation. Some of us believe in we just cease to exist. Do you believe? Do you think that what will happen to us is based off of our belief? So if I believe in reincarnation, I'll reincarnate. But let's say you believe in going to heaven, so you'll go to heaven? You know, it's interesting you ask that question. That is one of my beliefs. I, I'm a firm believer in the power of belief. I think if you put good mm-hmm. out, you get good back. You know, karma is a real thing. The circle of karma is a real thing, at least in my experience. So if I had to answer your question right. just off of what I you know feel like I know, I would probably agree mm-hmm. with what you're saying. I think it's right, essentially, right. I think, yeah. I think the way to word it would be your own, your own little piece of heaven, so to speak. Mm. Right. That makes sense. 
totally. Thank you for asking. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, on a uh, little, I guess, lighter note, how mm -hmm. many places have you investigated, and Oof. how many, how many uh, states, I guess, have you investigated outside of the U.S.? No. Okay. No. On the bucket list for sure, but no. Too many um, responsibilities at home to be able to do that right now. Right, right. But um, I know you've gotten out of Ohio because you've clearly gone to West Virginia yeah. and you said Indiana, right? And Pennsylvania. Yep. And Pennsylvania, okay. Yep, and Florida. Ooh. Oh, well, yeah. That and Kentucky. Sense. Okay. Mm -hmm. Ooh, have, wait, what'd you do in Kentucky? Bobby Mackey's. Wilder, Kentucky, to be exact. Mm -hmm. Did I don't know if we asked this. Um, I don't think so. Where is the number one place that you just need, want, yearn to investigate? That I haven't yet or that I have? That you have not. That I have not? Growing up, I was always intrigued excuse me, I was always intrigued by Eastern State Penitentiary, I'm sorry, yes, Eastern State Penitentiary, um, which is in Pennsylvania. It's towards Philadelphia. Extremely popular place. Uh, it was actually the first ever prison to have solitary solitary rooms. It was the first ever prison designed to host, uh, house a singular prisoner per room. They also uh, employed a torture technique called the Eye of God, every room had a skylight, and that was your only source of light. And the warden that built the prison believed that that was, what, that was God's way of keeping his eye on you. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, so I'm, I'm a fan of that. I also am dying to go to Pennhurst Asylum, which is basically Pennhurst School. Wow. That's in Pennsylvania as well. It's, it's near the same area. It's basically, it's a little too far for me right now with the responsibilities at home. But those would be the two that I would die to go to within the U.S. Those would be my top two. So you mentioned your ones that you really want to go to here within the United States. Is there somewhere mm -hmm. that you wish to go outside of the United States? Yes. Two of them, to be exact, that are on my bucket list. Uh, one is Dublin Castle. Ooh. And oh. the other one, and the other <laughs> one, of course, would be Vlad the Impaler's Castle, Dracula's Castle. Oh, right. Oh. Those, those yes. would be the two on Perfect. my bucket list. I mean, to be honest with you, Scotland and Ireland both. Anywhere mm -hmm. there, I would love to go. They're right. just the, the energy... That you can just tell that their culture and their, you know, their background, and that would definitely be one of the places I'd like to visit too. Right. I second that. That is definitely somewhere that I want to go. Oh yeah. That when you mentioned, um, you know, Dracula's castle there, it reminded me of a, a book I read a few years ago called Drawn to the Dark. Um, this Ooh. woman had decided that she was going to explore fair tourism areas, like haunt, actual haunted locations, but also haunted houses and things like that. 
around the world. So she kind of took out her life savings that she had and took an entire year, I believe, and went around to these various places. And one of them was his castle, which she said when she got there, she was a little bit disappointed because apparently it's very bright in color. But we tend to think of uh, castles as being, you know, dark and drab. Yeah. Anyway, someday maybe. Someday. That's pretty far away. That's a good that's a good plane ride. Get out there. Yeah, it is. And I think also there's something to places like that because of the how old it is. That's something that we really can't we can't even comprehend here. Yes. I mean there's one story that uh my husband likes to tell that he heard somewhere about a like a pub in Ireland that it's older than the United States, of course. It's like 800 years old, and it's, it's been a pub since the beginning of that. And it's still there, and it's still being visited, and just impressive. Yeah. That's um, a lot of the stories I hear about are the same. You know, pubs, um, there's that, um, I guess it's a, I guess technically you would call it a cottage, but it's called the Ancient Ram Inn. Oh, um, I think I've heard of that. It's yeah, it was, I think they feature it on Ghost Adventures. I think that's the first time I ever saw it or heard about it. But that that's like another place that you can just tell that it's been around since <laughs> before anybody remembers. Right, exactly. Yeah. This has been fantastic. I love this interview, and I'm really looking forward to having you back. Awesome. Yeah, it was a lot of fun for sure. Yeah. I'm excited. Hopefully. No, it was absolutely wonderful. We're going to kidnap you for more. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Bye. 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 <laughs> Bye.